In my business, there is only one place, and that's to be a winner. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man, that's it. Well, I felt like SpongeBob for a minute, right? They said, hey, Dad, let's make a TikTok. You know, there's times where you make plays that are special, and there's some times where you're like, that's pretty fucking good. Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Package podcast, go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer Zizmanowitz, joined as always with Kyle Tarkowski. Kyle, hello. And hello to, I don't know, Kyle, I, it's, we're getting into Disney Disney mode. This Ooh, is I'm having Disney so, movie mode. This is so much fun. I I don't want to say it's the most fun I've had watching the Green Bay Packers in a season, but it's up there. Shoot, it is. It is I creeping just, up. When you really like factor in what's going on in the world and yeah. just the escape that the Green Bay Packers provide, yeah, I think that it needs to be weighted and considered when thinking about how much fun you've you know the funnest season you've had watching this team and poof, buddy. Imagine fun. how much less fun your life would be right now if the Green Bay Packers weren't as good as they are. I mean, sh- at least we're getting it once a week. We have one day where everything's good. You know, we have the three losses, but whatever. Even some of those games, you you know, you you build from the losses as well, and we all grow from watching those games. Yeah, watching, you know, nothing gets better than a Sunday, a Sunday night snowy game at Lambeau Field. And exactly an absolute ass kicking at that. Forty to fourteen, the Packers. Are victorious, moved to twelve and three, and yeah, I just think there have been—I I can't even say there have been a lot of highs and lows. It's mostly been highs, and the lows have been really not that low. We're just a spoiled bunch, yeah, and, I, and we complain well, about the defense a lot. We had the fire petting episode where we were both very just angry, absolute, but m- absolutely miserable. Obviously, he listened, and you know, it was a kick in his ass. It's a Darius Preston and Kenny. I'll talk yep. to him. That was the second part of it. So that's that crazy. To, is what got it going. It's crazy to think that they have the poor man's Packers podcast list, like in the locker room, Yeah, you know, every like Saturday and, and before the game on Sundays, it's, it's really inspiring. And it keeps me going to, to keep recording this podcast. There's a siren that goes off. And then in team meetings, yeah, they just blast it over. Right. Over and they the all kind of get together and they talk about what we talked about mm-hmm. and how they can, you know, heed that advice and and it's really shown and and honestly credit to us for for providing that motivation we've always said it we are the smartest packer fans out there that's why we have bits like is kyle an idiot mm-hmm. and i guess one one last thing before we look forward to, for i guess i'll drop it out to brett good we have what 30 35 good minutes yeah this episode the third time he's been on he's basically and i i told him this he's a, he's our third co-host now yeah it's an open invite an open yep. seat and yeah it was it was a great conversation as it always is and uh, yeah, thank you to Mr. Good for taking the time. Yeah, he's you know at first he was just a good guest, and now he's obviously a, a, a very good friend. A good, <laughs> a good, a good friend. <laughs> Sorry, I stole the punchline from you, but it was just so good. Yeah, we, it's so good. Yeah, you're right. Oh, <laughs> Damn it, that that joke is already starting to get pretty. No, it's <laughs> just getting started. Yeah, I guess one one last thing before we get into the episode, it's in. We get to this point every year. I think last year we kind of knew the team was good, but not amazing, mm-hmm. not a super Super Bowl team. Well, because it's like the fraud talk was so exhausting. Like it was on every 
news, every like sports outlet, mm-hmm. every like you know local writer, every like was just you know worried about oh is this team that good? But like this year, it's like like everyone knows this team is good. We've had like a blip of the fraud talk. It was this past week when people are like oh they've only beat one team with a winning ah, record, yep. and then we just steamroll over the Titans, and all of that gets pushed aside but this is one thing this is this is what this week was for us you know sometimes it happens at different times but this was officially the i am ready to get broken week where Mm. it's like i am all in we'll get into it later but shit if we if we beat the bears if if we beat the bears i don't want to say it's gonna say i think we're going to the super bowl put it out there now put it out in the universe that's fine matt won't say it. you know you take it one week at a time but we're a stupid podcast yeah it's quite a limb you're, you're you're jumping out onto from from the Packers podcast you're recording on. Yeah. yeah. Crazy that you think the Packers <laughs> are going to go to the Super Bowl. Absolutely Weird that insane take, Spence. <laughs> you're nuts, man. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. But yeah, for this episode, we'll... But in sincerity, like, that, like, for you are, uh, to your credit, a pretty level-headed oh, hand thank you, fan. So I know that, like, legitimately believing they go to the Super Bowl does kind of mean a lot for your, your curmudgeonness. I don't know if I've ever said... I feel like we're going to the Super Bowl like this early, and like w- and like felt actually feel su- not, like not just words, like but I fan actually talk. feel like it. right, yeah. right, like, right. We're seeing evidence now, but on this episode, we will have our uh, pick six, the six plays that were the swings, big swings of the game. We'll break down the offense and defense briefly. Then we'll have our conversation, of course, with Mr. Super Brett Bowl Goode. champion Brett Good. Yep, and friends with one Aaron Charles Rogers. Mm. After that, of course, we'll have is Colin an idiot, and then we'll have our you know our normal preview of the game, the Bears game, the one seed clinch game. Hopefully, hopefully, crossing our fingers still. But first, pick six. Yes. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Yes. All right, pick six. All right, hey, first play that shaped the game and and really just set the whole tone for the game, the Devonte Adams game, first drive of the Packers offense, ho hum, march right down the field, score six points to no other than number seventeen on, again one of the more impressive touchdowns, like the the types of touchdowns that he scored on his first one, I think are are some of the most impressive because he needs to get around the defender who's just, you know, who has him in an open field and he's got, you know, the sideline with him yeah. to, to help make the tackle. But he catches the smoke. It's like a quick little snap, quick screen. It's a play you see when the ball is in the air, you're like, this could be for a loss. It, yeah. It's going to, yeah, it's going to go great or it's going to go really poorly. And in this case, it went really, really great. Pretty I well. would say, um, yeah, just really ran stiff armed him. Ran right through him, around him, however you want to put it, and a nice acrobatic dive to make sure the play or the ball crossed the the plane of the goal line, and six zero. Yeah, little stretch Armstrong there. Mm. He had, you know, he's had a couple plays like that. Th- those ones, any if he catches the ball within the five yard line, I just assume Devontae's always going to score. Mm-hmm. You just think. Once he starts getting tackled, he's gonna muster around or the strength, through the guy, yeah, to just or the athleticism. Because yeah, it was, it was a similar touchdown he scored. I think it was against Philadelphia, mm-hmm. where he just it was that quick screen and just like I'm I'm putting this ball in the end zone, whether you like it or not, cornerback. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it 
it was a great start to the snow game because it was mm. like, okay, is the snow going to slow the offenses down? Is this going to be kind of a lackluster weird game, which I think a lot of people, well, I was expecting. But when Almost hot, the opposite. <laughs> hot start like that, yeah. And after that, we were just a-rolling. And, it, you know, made it 6 nothing. Mason missed the extra point. Uh, but we don't need to talk about that. He's he's a goat. Moving on, next play. Like I said, 6 nothing in the first quarter still. Uh, Titans' first drive, they're on their own 30, 33. And this is two plays in a row because it's made, you know, by the same player. An ascending star. Mm. One, one Darnell Savage, it, he's... You know, he has arrived. You can't say he he's like a fine wine because he ages every week because it's that makes you think it's taking longer. This is like it's like what's a what's a what's a fruit or a vegetable that just ripens in like three days? Well, I was even gonna say like remember? Do you ever have one of those toys back in the in the day that you would put in water Ooh, and, and it would yeah and it would grow yeah. in like what in like things a couple hours? The opposite of shrinky dink, but that's that's what they <laughs> were. That is what Darnell savages. On uh, second and seven, Tannehill throws it to Darnell's guy, jumps in front of it, pass breakup, pretty good play. Mm-hmm. Very next play on third and seven, blitz. Guess who it is? Darnell Savage forces the pressure, bad ball. And then after that, you know, fourth down, fourth and seven on their own 30. No, on thir- our 33. Yeah, our 33, and they punt. It just And it was a net of, I think, like 12 yards because they, they were trying to, you know, pin them, but ended up being a touchback and... Yeah, they lost 12 yards, or they gained... How would yeah. you say that from the Titans' perspective? Lost yeah, no, or gained 12, in, gained 12 yards? In, in field position, yeah. very. Weird. I guess I didn't realize how weird it was at the time just because I wasn't 100% sure where they were on the right. field because <laughs> yeah. of the snow. Yeah, that was an issue. But, um, I mean, even with those conditions, I, I still think that's a pretty cowardly punt. Yeah. I mean, if I, it, obviously, if it's like a September game, that is like a historically coward punt. Yep. But... Even with those conditions, I still think it it constitutes as a yeah. very cowardly. Because, again, 12 yards. Not my coach. Not my team. I would not never see all. that. Yeah. Uh, the third play that shaped the game, 13 minutes and 30 seconds left in the second. It's third and four. Rashawn Gary, turning a corner, uh, gets pressure. Tanny throws it out wide. And guess who? Guess who, Spence? I have no idea. The the opposite of the shrinky dink. Ah, Darnell Savage. Yeah, ah. He picks it off, going the other way, and Packers scored on that drive that he picked off. So turning turn getting turnovers and then turning those turnovers into points is going to be massive in the playoffs. Yeah, and that made it nineteen nothing. The series before that, the Packers scored. I believe that was the EQ touchdown. Yep. But pretty good, pretty solid start. That's what you kind of expect from the Packers offense, but. Uh oh. Then what happens? <gasps> Fourth play. It is nineteen seven, uh, first series after halftime. Uh Titans are facing a third and one. Tannehill with a little read option play. Keeps it. Everyone believes that one the king, Derrick Henry. Mm. I mean, who wouldn't? You know. Yeah, has the ball, but he does not. Adrian Amos bites Amos. And Tannehill runs forty one yards for a touchdown. A little, you know, Colin Kaepernick esque. I would say Oof. I would try to make a reference for an Eric Walden player turning around looking to try to find him, but no one was even close enough to to look around and try to find him at the line of yeah. scrimmage. Ugly play, kind of, you know, the start of, oh, shit, is this going to be like last week where we just kind of fall apart, crumble in the second half? But eh, 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 the magic of Lambeau Field, the snow game, would not let that happen. Yeah, that play, um, 
like those types of plays when the quarterback runs for a long touchdown are it's and like this isn't anything really groundbreaking but like those types of plays when it's a long quarterback rush it, it's just a it's a heightened sense of demoralizing like <laughs> yes. Derrick Henry running a 41 yard touchdown yeah I mean it sucks it hurts but you know it's Derrick Henry you're one of the best right. backs in the league but like seeing Tannehill do it, it's like okay this should not be happening right now and it looks so easy but yeah it it Again, with Derrick Henry in the backfield, everyone was sucked in. And another stat I saw, I think, on Twitter, I can't remember it exactly, but the Titans have ran that zone read or that read option play where Tannehill has kept it like four or five times this year and have scored a touchdown on three of them. So a pretty high success rate. They don't run it often, and when they do, it it they they pick the right time to use it. And they definitely did on Sunday night. And it's one of those things that you said it's more demoralizing with when it's a quarterback. Absolutely true. But, you know, hearing after, you know, you can't forget, I believe he was at Texas A&M, right? Who? Daniel? Daniel, yeah. He was a wide receiver. He was a wide receiver. So, hey, he's, he's ah, pretty fast. True. We can trick our brain that way that ah, maybe it wasn't as embarrassing. Well played. I forgot about that. Yeah. Thank you, Spence. Yep, there you go. So now the score is 1914 good guys and the good guys are back on offense with 12 minutes left in the third quarter and a tremendous answer from the offense. It was, um, well, it's like I, I, I told you while we were texting during the game, we need to, cause what we liked or what I like to do, and I think you've, you've kind of adopted it when things are going super well, we just like, we like to boil it down to its simplest form we just say we're having fun okay we're just okay. having fun watching the game yep. and whenever we do that whenever we say having so much fun it immediately turns sour so we <laughs> yeah. just need to stop and when yes. it was 19-0 we're like oh we're having so much fun barrels of fun and <laughs> the barrel was rolled out yes and Ooh. yeah hey, and they've been doing it at lambo great yes. job Kyle. great rogers wow. the, the power the influence as soon as it turned 19-0, we're like, oh, this is so much fun. We're having fun. And, of course, it turns a little bit sour. Mm -hmm. So then it was 19-14, very next drive. Uh, there is, again, 12 minutes left in the third. Rogers hands off to Aaron Jones, cuts it back, and runs for a nice 59-yard gain. Now, was, was he out of bounds? I don't know. Who's to say? I have no idea. I didn't see who um, and maybe we'll never know. I just saw him get tackled. That's how football is played. It ends with a tackle. Yep. And uh, we ended up scoring on that drive. Devonte scores his third of the game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One. And two, yeah. Three of them. He had three of them. All jokes aside, like that was a very hot topic on Twitter, which was kind of annoying because, like, yeah, the ref should have, oh yeah, blown it dead. He had a clear view of it. But I mean. I'm the last guy to give a ref a break. It's a freaking blizzard. The lines are white. Come on. I mean, yeah, he, he's going to miss some. So I blame 97% of that on Mike Rabel. I agree. And like, that's 100%. The responsibility is 100% on him to just throw the flag. Like, even if it's somewhat questionable, you just need to throw the flag there. Like, that was a 30 yard difference. It, it made a huge difference on the drive because they scored, you know, two plays later. So. 100% blame Vrabel for that. Yeah, and Vrabel's such a football guy. You know, he was uh, obviously a former football player, played for the Patriots, yep. great head coach for the Titans. Yep. But you expect a guy like that to just throw a flag kind of emotionally and nothing. To just know to just know the situation, especially when Rodgers, being Rodgers, is 
get up to the line, get up to the line, get up to the line, and and they snap the ball right away. If you just see, like, I just feel like it should be almost like a a, a reflex or like an instinct where, like, if you see the offense, like, you know that well, it's like they're guilty. It's like they know they're guilty. Well, that's so let's, exactly let's what it on. is. That's what it was. Rabel was like, ah, Rodgers is playing mind games. He just wants me to waste to, the time out. Oh, he's out. trying to fish out the channel. So it's like he, he like, triple-crossed himself. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Just, you know, Rodgers is always a step ahead of everyone else always. in the NFL. But yeah, so you know, eased up there a little bit, and this is the last little little play after this. The game was over. It is twenty six fourteen at this point, third quarter, three forty five left, fourth and one from the Packers, uh, or sorry, the Titans twenty nine yard line. Dylan takes a handoff, looks a little troublesome at first, but he skirts around a few guys, Skirt. runs over one guy, you know, between him and the end zone, and just rumbles in his. Uh, was that? Yeah, that was his second tu- first touchdown. That was his first touchdown of his career of the game for him, and one of the la- more lackluster Lambo leaps. But mm. hey, it's it's okay. He's he's a chonky boy. It's a little <laughs> bit more to get up there, and you know he it was better on the second one, but. Just a beautiful, beautiful play, beautiful running back. I I love football, Kyle. It, it's wild to think that he ran a guy over is honestly understating it. He he absolutely splattered him. Like he 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 looked like roadkill on the turf where he was just like he he went down so hard and so fast because of the force that Dylan created. It and like this is a probably a three hundred pound grown man who took that beating and it was just like like splattered is the only word I like to yeah. use for that that play right there because it was just just insane and yeah going back to his chonkiness I am just bemused by his thickness I I just like it's it's once again fun this I'm, year I'm trying to there's so put many this in a heterosexual way because so I am nicknames. heterosexual but like my God he's so thick I mean it's what what was it. I think at the beginning of the year I said AJ Dillham because he's got gigantic hams for thighs. Nice, very know, nice. Quadzilla, obviously. I've seen like Legatron again. I've thought of like uh, what did, what did I think? Uh, Slick thick, you mm. know. It's because he is. Well, here's another. <laughs> well, <laughs> one of my one of my brothers said Slim Chonk. Ooh, I like Slim Chonk because he because you know he's got some chonk to him, but like you know he's got. He's got the running back kind of mold, kind of athleticism too. He is the legit mold of of a running back, classic, classic. God, just back. just otherworldly thickness. Yes, like he's we should bit- just do like. I'm trying to think how we can make like a segment out of his thickness, and just we, like find ways to just talk about how thick he is. There's so many. I mean. Because it's thighs, quads, legs, thick. Yeah, like McAfee. He was on McAfee today. And when Rodgers came on, McAfee was like, hey, I was just talking to uh, your boy, A.J. Dillon, and it looks like he's got shoulder pads on under <laughs> his sweatshirt. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, I'm looking forward to – he. no one – he he is a bowling ball. I, I, would, I was going to say he's the most bowling ball type back we've ever had. Ooh. Lacey's close, but I think – Lacey with the long hair was less of a bowling ball than Dylan. Yeah, plus, have it coming plus, we, I think yeah, plus we need to see a little bit more from Dylan before we can start. Fair, kinda, very. This fair. is the most we've ever. This is the he's the most blah 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 we've ever. So let's just you know, yeah. we'll we'll temper some expectations Thank this you. episode, I guess. But yeah, that was it. After that, the game is pretty much over. That was the dagger for the most part. Packers won forty to fourteen. We are now twelve and three, as mentioned. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers as MVP, 
MVP. Yeah. You could just keep going 21 out of 25, 231 yards, four touchdowns, the one pick. Eh. <laughs> he took the one sack, too, which was kind of weird, but just a magical guy. I mean, it's we say it we say it every week before it was you know we're finding different words and then it's we can't find other words now i don't know what to say to say we can't find other words (laughs) it's uh, yeah i am i am legitimately speechless because yeah i i i don't know what four four touchdowns which is as many incompletions he had that's what i was about to say too yeah and it's just it's we're so (laughs) It's an MVP. We're so spoiled. <laughs> Thirty-seven years old. So spoiled. Probably going to be the MVP. Now it was a nice double double whammy game. One, you know, Derrick Henry didn't have the type of game everyone thought he was in the running. Mahomes had struggled had, against the Falcons. Yeah, they still ended up getting getting a W. And maybe we'll cross this by quick. I'm a little sick and tired of everyone talking about plays that don't count with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's thrown a lot of bad balls that didn't get picked off. But it's like you know. We see with Rodgers a lot. He doesn't like speaking in hypotheticals mm. when he's asked questions. Well, I don't like viewing MVP in hypotheticals. Yeah, he threw a bad ball, but it wasn't picked, so who gives a shit? Rodgers had quite a few of those last year. He's been a lot better this year with it. I mean, he's always been pretty safe with the ball. But What point are you trying to make? I'm, I'm, Rodgers is going to win the MVP, yes. but I'm a little sick of seeing every single person now talking about how Patrick Mahomes has like, 15 balls that could have been intercepted this year. That's that's what I'm oh, saying. It's so, oh, so you're defending Mahomes? I pff, I mean, Mahomes is a very good quarterback, but it's like, let's talk about plays that actually matter right. and that actually happen. That's mm-hmm. that's just me. Agreed. Yeah, so moving on, and we just talked about it a little bit there too, but I think we have to get right back into it. A.J. Dillon, uh, the first real game of his career, 21 carries, 224 yards, a 5.9 average, two touchdowns. He had a long run of 30 that touched on there. I just, I just love the guy. There's, once again, no other back. This is the thing I was saving for when we talked about him again. I think what we have in A.J. Dillon is, I forgot what year we drafted Eddie Lacy and Jonathan Franklin, but it is if you if you were in a lab and you combine both of those oh. running backs, that is what we have in A.J. Dillon. He's obviously the thick boy. He can run guys over, but <laughs> he's also got that skirt skirt like Jonathan Franklin yes. also had. So. It's and this is just the beginning. Hopefully, you know, I can't say it can only go up from here, but one hell of a splash to make for your first game. And he was flashing the hands too. But Spence, he only had seven receptions his senior year or junior year in college. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about. I that didn't too. know he was eligible to catch passes in the NFL. And that what first, the heck? and that first catch he had in the game too. That third down that went for nothing. Fingertip. Pluck it from the ground. Especially like Rogers was saying with with Devonte. I mean, it's. One, tough to make those plays in September. Once again, a running back, Lambo. December, is picking up a ball off the ground. And and I mentioned this to you, too. Like, another play was, I think it was, like, play action, and he, you know, ran his fake and then did, like, a little out at the line of scrimmage. Rodgers couldn't find anyone, and he just zipped it to Dylan. Like, mm-hmm. it was a, it was, I mean, it was a nothing play, really. Like, I think it was only, like, a gain of six. But he really, like, zipped the thing to Dylan, and he caught it, no problem. So, shit like that just gets you super excited for a thick boy like that being able to be multi-dimensional my goodness maybe that's just what it is we just got to call him the thick boy it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> I, like I, I, I like that uh aaron jones also had a pretty good game only had the 10 carries but he made them count 94 yards 
four yards per carry. Obviously, he had the long of 59. It's, it's funny, once again, I mean, we almost had two backs to go over 100 yards, and we think back to the days of Brandon Jackson and Starks where we didn't have a 100-yard rusher for, like, three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, that's insane to think about. Yeah. Three seasons. Yeah, and once again, too, Rodgers had three runs. We didn't talk with him, but... The last month, I mean, he's been talking about it with McAfee, too, how much he squats, like 400 pounds or yeah. something. Just a casual. He's like, yeah, you know, we have 405. Yeah. And McAfee's like, oh, so is that one rep? He's like, we don't no, do we don't no. Do I mean, it's at least three reps. Good form. And it's just like, yeah, he's just like, yeah, oh, whatever. He's, whatever. He's got a little bit more zip on his legs the last mm. the last month. So it's nice seeing that. Um, moving on to the receivers. Once again, I mean, it's it's a the, more like the receiver. The, the receiver, yeah. Devontae Adams had 11 receptions, 142 yards, uh, three touchdowns, the long of 32. Um, he only had the one target that he didn't catch. Just for reference, uh, no other player had more than two receptions. <laughs> so, and I think Lazard had two. And hey, both guess if they were guess if they were both for first downs. No. Yeah. Oh, both they of them were. were weird. Yeah. Both of them. Very weird. And once again, I mean, there's a new stat every week. This week for Devontae, only two players in NFL history have had a season with 100 plus rece- 100 plus re- receptions, 17 receiving touchdowns, and 100 receiving yard games. Randy Moss and Devontae Adams. And this is without, like, <laughs> Rodgers. I mean, he was out for two games and pretty much two and a half games, and he's still all world at this point. Just on best best wide receiver in the world, best wide receiver in the league. And, yeah, that's it. And, ooh, quick quick little uh, mini zoomed in. The big talk of uh, of the postgame presser this week from Rodgers. Yes, I almost is, forgot. Uh, Rodgers said that. You know, he's long said Chuck Charles Woodson is the best player he's ever played with. He's he's never seen a nickel corner be able to dominate a game the way Woodson has. But he said this week in his postgame presser that it's it's time to start putting Devontae in that conversation, which is just it's it's an, inc- in, an incredible thing to say from Rodgers because, you know, he's been in this league for so long, played with so many talented players. And it's an incredible thing to say, but not that surprising and not something that many would disagree with the odd evolution not odd but kind of surprising evolution of Devonte adams and we talked about it with brett good how like we had our stupid uh backyard football draft yep. with tom grassi you know during the off season and i think the receivers you know just picking players from the last decade or so yeah i think Devonte went like third Devonte went third after jordy and well cobb you picked as a quarterback but yep. he went after jordy and greg jennings yep and now it's gone from, you know, debating between those guys to, you know, more recently debating between Devontae and Jordy. And now it's like, shoot. He's firmly separated himself from those two. He's in the discussion for Offensive Player of the Year. And now it's just in one season where, with Rodgers bringing up, it's like, shit, is Devontae a Hall of Famer? You know, those other guys. Jeez. Jordy's stats are pretty good, too. And maybe you could have made that argument. He never made the Pro Bowls. But, shit, it's looking like that for Devontae. Yeah. Just a... Uh, the best wide receiver in the game. That's it. It's it's that simple. Yeah. That's all it is. Uh, one more thing. Uh, EQ first career touchdown. Pretty good. It kind of Holy surprising shit. that that was, that his was first one, huh? Yeah, a lot of firsts in this game. Uh, AJ Dillon nice obviously catch. and EQ. Yeah, and it looks some some somewhat of an adjustment. Watching the replay too, I pointed out to you. I feel like he after he caught it, he looked at the ref and pointed to make sure because he wasn't sure where the end zone is because again, of all yeah, the snow. The, all the snow like. I mean, even the players are sometimes confused about the lines and stuff. So, you know, let's let's give the refs a break. Just for that one Aaron Jones play, though. Just that. Just only give him a break for that play. That's yep, it. Yep, yep. Nothing, nothing else. Uh, moving on to the tight ends. 
nothing too much. Uh, Tunyon just had the one catch for 17 yards. And it's that it's that play that is going to be is going to be ran forever in this offense. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the PA rollout come across the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's 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 so easy every time. I love it. And once again, yeah, weird. He was wide open like he seems to yep. be every every single game. Uh also got to talk about Dominic Daphne again, the mm. H back from Indiana State who had his first career catch. Like I said, a lot of firsts in this game and he's he's a big boy too. It's kind of nice to see Dylan and him in the backfield where it's more of that muscle back to what LaFleur has kind of said and everyone else where it's December football now and yep. nothing's more December than a couple big boys like that in the backfield. Thick beef boys. And it was a nice catch too. It was Rogers scrambling out, trying to find someone. Thought about Daphne, checked his options again, and then finally just was like, all right, Daphne, here you go. Yeah. And yeah. then Daphne, I mean, he caught it five yards behind the first down and absolutely trucked someone to get the first down. So, yeah, you just that little flash right there gives you a lot of hope. Nice little piece in the offense, too, after John Lovett and Vitaly in the past years trying to find someone. He's filled in well with also, I guess, Deguara being out. And, yeah, like we were talking about pre-record, like undrafted free agent, zero offseason whatsoever, signed yep. with the Colts at the very end of August, cut. So and then he, I think he signed with us like September 7th or something, and it's has to learn everything on the fly. Yeah, we've seen it. he even in this game, he, they motioned him out to like tight end, the backfield, everything. So he's had to learn a lot in the last few months. It's yeah, good nice, for him. Nice he to has, see him find a spot. He has earned himself some more snaps, that's for sure. True, very true. Uh, moving on to the offensive line, Corey Lindsley was back. Kind of nice. We were wondering if it could very be noticeable. End of his career. Um, or his his jeez sorry his we all thought it was the end of his tenure with the Packers career. Packers career but it was nice to see him back and he's an absolute animal they did switch up the offensive line because of that too uh, Lucas Patrick went to the bench so going from left to right it was David Bakhtiari Elton Jenkins Lindsley Billy Turner and Rick Wagner do we have any news on Wagner uh well uh oh yeah tomorrow duh. L- well Lafleur said yesterday they asked about him and they said they don't think it's serious so okay. hopefully if not this week he should be back for the playoffs and even if I mean shit we got Lucas Patrick we hey can, hey whoa 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 can, you can never have enough depth on the O line oh, let's well, that's what I'm saying we can put anyone in there at this point but this year we still obviously like the depth obviously but don't don't Ricky. get complacent don't get oh. you know comfortable hey we're this is disney week baby this is <laughs> everything's happy right now Every, everything is working uh once again with the offensive line too rogers was only sacked once and he kind of took blame for it as well and it was a fun game too another thing uh added bonus with <laughs> added bonus but with corona and no fans and stuff mic'd up it's really fun hearing one rogers checks at the lines but even you can hear like Corey lindsley's voice as well yeah with the back and forth with rogers it's nice Nice to have that little insight where you usually don't get that watching games. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was it for the offense. Um, and now we'll have a very quick break and then talk about the defense. Hello, American football fans. Are you trying to score more clients? Well, now it is time to kick off a new email campaign. At B two B Data Guy, we pass your message to qualified receivers. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about how we can field your goals. We make sure your emails aren't intercepted by spam filters. Your emails won't get flagged for unnecessary sending. There's no market we can't tackle. We've never punted on a customer. We think we're a pretty fair catch. There's no way we won't insert football pun. With our message to the right audience, it's easy to touch down with qualified leads. Visit b2bdataguide.com today. 
All right, and we are back with the defense. And still not going to apologize to Petten yet, but man, I'm feeling one hell of a lot better, especially playing in cold old Lambeau Field. Uh, we'll just start with this. Obviously, only letting up the 14 points. Uh, the D overall had 22 pressures, six pass breakups, two picks, and that was all from 12 different players. I mean, there's so many different things just over the last month now. It's been incredible. This is from Greg Williams, 28, on Twitter. Not sure who he is. Tweeted, the Packers defense has been able to hold five out of their last eight opponents to 20 points or fewer. They've allowed zero 300-yard passers and only two 100-yard rushers since the loss to the Vikings. The Packers defense has 13 takeaways, 24 sacks, 37 and a half tackles for loss, 53 pass deflections, and 54 QB hits in the last eight games. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. It seems like, you know, we were bitching at the beginning of the year how we have all this talent and how are we not getting more out of it. And now it's like, oh, my God, this look, everything is happening. I don't, I don't know what to cheer about. because like Every position group is playing so great. We have at least, like, a borderline elite player at every single position. Absolutely. And yeah, I just like ever since, yeah, it, it, it kind of feels like ever since we were that, that miserable episode where we were just bitching the whole time yep. and just like dreadful. Like, it seems like ever since that day, it's just like has turned around and uh, the, um, the Zadarius and, and Kenny and Preston where they, you know, they mistakenly kind of revealed that to the beat. Yep. Um, that they <laughs> went and talked to Petten. That's all the questions were for the rest of the week. They it was, was like, like, oh, yeah, how did that was like change the defense? A yeah. shark who smelled blood. Like, yep. they were hungry for drama. But, yeah, it seems like ever since that, too, that, like, they are just cutting them loose. And and Mike still isn't, uh, you know, blitzing as much as I guess I would like, but I don't know shit. But mm -hmm. still, it's, he seems to be cutting them loose a little more and uh, – a little more effectively now too. Yeah, and once again, like we were saying there with the core players, the top rated guys on Pro Football Focus, um, all pretty much elite grades for the top five. Sheesh. Gary number one, 90.7, and wow. then it was Zadarius, Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander, and Kenny Clark. Once again, those core guys that you, know, you kind of want to perform hmm. are performing pretty, pretty yeah, damn well. and it's a real shame. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen many Rashawn Gary takes. Yeah, it's it's, it's hilarious. weird. It's we, really weird how that works, huh? I'm glad how huh. that worked out too, because last year, especially on the podcast, we really ripped apart dumb idiot fans who were saying he was a bust, and now yeah. he's. I believe in this game too. I hmm. uh, I was seeing on Twitter his pressure rate was higher than forty percent. Actually, you know what a silver lining is of not seeing any Gary takes. Huh. We don't have to waste energy saying people who say those takes are idiots. Yeah, that's yeah, wow. that's true. It's, we've been a little bit more positive this year too. I think we've only had I don't even know if we've had um dumb packer fan of the week. So it's been I guess it's everything's a little bit better when yeah. you're uh winning one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. Once again moving on to cornerback just Running through this quick here, Jair Alexander, he had three pass breakups. He's awesome. It's from Pro Football Focus. Jair Alexander has allowed one catch, go for more than 25 yards in coverage this season. Good Lord. Pretty, one. pretty damn good. And, I mean, tackling, too. He's just so sticky. It's like, I don't know the best way to visualize it, but it's like he's like walking a dog when he's covering people because he's just <laughs> right there. He's always There's nothing you can do to always get... Always on your hip. Yep. Yeah, he's always... In, in contact or swiping the ball away, it never makes anything like easy. Like walking a dog. That's pretty good. 
Yeah, uh, Kevin King, I don't know, he had a fine game. Sh- uh, Shannon Sullivan was good, too. I mean, we can't really – there's no complaints in this game. We're just going to keep rolling. Yep. Darno Savage, uh, good pass def- uh, defend, like we talked about earlier. Um, Re- I mean, Back-to-back plays. I think we've uh, – it's been a running bit about him turning the corner and such and such. I, I can't remember if I did it last week or the year- week before. I think I declared him the corner officially being turned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's just now he's just on the on the straight and narrow of just like being an elite player. Well, we've had the meter of okay, where is he? It's like all right, very early on. Okay, he's better than MD Jennings. Okay, keep going. Oh, he's better than Haha Clindex yeah. now, and he probably is. I'll probably be, probably be able to say at the end of the year. I don't think he's better than Morgan Burnett yet. He's right there. Really? Morgan was a very very solid player. At you know, his very, peak. Yep. Very consistent. So we'll see. But yeah, maybe some Nick Collins stuff and. Hey, we're looking at this. Man, I don't know, though. I just, the athleticism of Savage compared to Burnett's is, it's, That's it's oh, not really close. I'm saying by the end of the year, it's just. Yeah. He, I thought you were about to go Nick Collins, and I was going to say that. Let's hold on a second. Soon. But even that is Soon. like, you know, he's creeping up on that. It's just, it's fun that we get to have this conversation. Right. And rolling along with that, too, since week 10, I believe, or week 11, the top graded safety duo in the league is Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos. You can't complain. Every, everything is glorious right now. Yeah, having fun. Moving on to inside linebacker, uh, Kirksey will actually lead with Helm. Chris, Kirksey! Yeah, Chris Barnes was the leading tackler and played like three times as many snaps, but Kirksey only had 12 snaps. Kamal Martin had 13, yet Kirksey had a sack and an interception. So this beat the interception was a terrible, 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 terrible decision by Ryan Tanhill. Uh-huh. Great play by Preston, though. Yeah, yeah. He and Preston, also, he had more snaps than both Zadarius and uh, Gary in this game, which is a little surprising, too. So Probably because I think more of the run stopping. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, moving on to, to the outside linebackers like we were talking about. Zadarius had a sack, and Gary's pressuring, you know, like I said before, the four, over 40% pressure rate in this game. Preston Smith also had a great game. What more can you ask from those guys? Yeah, I mean, the best, I mean, obviously the most complete performance of the year as a team for the Packers, but the, the, like far and away the best defensive game for the Packers. Oh, absolutely, with without question. And moving on to the defensive line, I mean, shoot, you just got to look at Derrick Henry, what he was, he averaged 3.8 yards a carry, yeah. 4.2 yards a carry, something like that. Don't have the stats in front of me. But. So, yeah, my philosophy kind of is like a mediocre running back. If there's two yards to get, he'll get you two yards. A good running back, he'll turn two yards into four yards. A great running back, turn two yards into eight yards. And Derrick Henry's been turning two yard runs yes. into eight plus yard runs for his whole career, especially this year. But then on Sunday night, he was just a good – like, he wasn't bad. He was not bad on Sunday night. It was he 20, was good. It was 23 was, carries, 98 yards, 4.3 average, no touchdowns. And he was turning, you know, two-yard carries into four-yard carries just because of his his overwhelming mass. I mm-hmm. mean, just physics alone is on his side. But, yeah, that was pretty much it. They were very, very sound tacklers on Sunday yeah, night, which was – it, maybe the my favorite highlight of the night for the defense is just how well they tackled. Yeah, you're right. And maybe it's the snow. Maybe the snow is activating some mojo with the mm. team. But, well, I don't know. It it was the last uh, possible game for the December, unfortunately. He didn't didn't come uh. alive as much, at least on the stat sheet, but we all know that he, he was very active, you know, in the actual game. He just didn't show up so much. Yes. But with that, that's all we have for the defense and this game. So, shoot. We will shoot this right over to our interview with 
Brett Good. All right, and we are back once again with Mr. Brett Good. Well, maybe we should start off there. There's been a lot of confusion this year. Last year was Adrian Amos slash Amos. This year it's been Tunyon versus Tanyan. Yep. It's Brett Good, right? I heard good this week too. It is Brett Good, uh, but a lot of people say good. I've heard good day, so I pretty much I, I answered anything. <laughs> Extra fancy good. for a good. I day. like good. Good's got a nice, uh, nice uh, oomph to it, so to speak. Yeah, it just makes it a little unique. Yeah, that's what you're always looking for. All right, well, it's been a while. I think we talked to you last for the bye week, which was week five. A lot of third time on. You're basically a third co-host at this point, so you know, feel free to <laughs> talk. I appreciate it. <laughs> So a lot has happened. I don't. I don't know. Um, offense is looking pretty good. First, you know, the number one seed looking like that's almost wrapped up. And your buddy Rogers. I mean, shoot, playing at an MVP level. What do you think? What have you seen from the team so far? How do you feel? I feel great. Uh, I was really concerned going in this week, just seeing how good you know Derek Henry is at running the ball. When that's one thing that we we've struggled at at times. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know Dalvin Cook getting four touchdowns and. Um, so we were able to, to kind of go out there and, and stop that and solidify that. And then being able to throw in that weather, the, what they can do, um, you know, obviously you get to practice in it, but it really shows that, it, man, if, if everything goes through Lambeau, it, it's going to be a hard run for some team to come in and beat them in, in, in those conditions if they keep that up. So uh, we got to get through this next week, get healthy, and hopefully, you know, get out of it healthy and, and win the game, you know, to lock it up and just handle business on our own. Don't worry about somebody else doing it for us. Yeah, well said. And I think that's the one thing I was worrying about early on, too. Well, shoot, when we talked to you last, too, we uh, brought up Lane Taylor's, you know, ACL injury. But kind of since the early struggles, we've been pretty damn healthy. Yeah, knock on wood. It, uh, it is. I mean, you know, it's good getting Corey Lindsley back. You know, that, yes. that was yeah. But that shows, that, you know, with offensive line, it shows how versatile, you know, that they can be. Um, they, they've dealt with some injuries and some guys banged up. Um, shows obviously how good Aaron does, you know, with, with Dylan in most of the game. I don't think pregame, you know, he was supposed to get all those carries, and then he comes in and, and gets the majority of the load. Now he may have. I'm not at practices. I don't know, uh, but it just shows that I think that was one that was a gesture. Aaron kind of put his hands behind his back, mm-hmm. you know, to, to to kind of show him and help him out a little bit, and that just shows the leadership that they have across the board. Um, you know, the seniority guys out there, and they're just really taking ownership of it and running with it. Yeah, and. It's been it's weird to say this, but going into the year, obviously we all love Aaron Rodgers. He's the best quarterback of I all think, time. Of all time, but at the same time, I'm. It's weird to be surprised with how good Aaron Rodgers is. Has this season surprised you at all? I mean, you obviously know him better than most. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely surprising that he's able to just do it at a consistent high level. You know, the the big games doesn't surprise you. Um, and, and nothing really surprises me anymore with him. You see him do it. You see, you've seen Tom do it for years. You saw yeah. Peyton Manning do it throughout his career. Um, those guys, they just, they know how to do it, you know. And, and so being a part of a lot of, you know, great memories of you thought that, man, are we in the prime of his his career? And there's a lot of people that said that. But now he looks just the same, if not better. I know. Um, and, and so, and, and maybe nothing you know, against any of the guys on the team, but, he, he, you know, he doesn't have as many weapons as some people do. Um, to mm-hmm. play that position. And, and so, and those guys, everybody deserves to be in the NFL. They're just not, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers is what I mean by right. that. Yeah, but they could be. And so him being able to do that with what's around him, plus doing it in the conditions, you know, I know we've talked before, being able to do that consistently in Lambeau Field is tough, you know, and then also in Chicago. And, 
you know, all these other places that, you know, the Packers have to play, it should give a lot of authority of, you know, how good they actually are. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't uh, agree with you there. Um, run along with that, too, talking about, like, Hall of Fame careers and stuff. What has it been watching Devontae Adams this year? I think, again, one of those weird surprises where we all really thought Devontae was a great player going into this. But, I mean, shoot, you were around him right when he came into the league, kind of a slower start. And now, I mean, he's he went from, you know, the beginning of the year, it was like, okay, how good is Adams compared to everyone else we've had? Then it was, okay, Adams versus Jordy. Now Devontae's seems to be the best receiver in the league and shoot even like you were talking about his footing at Lambeau seems to be better than anyone else how's it been just watching Devontae develop this much this early oh, it's been impressive it's you know being there when he got drafted and, and, and him coming on and seeing him early on in his career and again another guy's taking ownership of you know just wanting to daily get better every single day and you can see that on the field of now he makes certain D-backs, you know, some Pro Bowl D-backs makes him look stupid. You know, how good he, he can put a move on him in some of the routes he runs. And then, like you said, being able to do it at the field of Lambeau, you know, when there's a bunch of snow coming down, you know, that's, it's not easy to do, but he makes it look easy. And, and it just shows you that, you know, the type of Pro Bowl caliber receiver he really is. He just – he's striving to get better every day, and he wants to win. And Rodgers mentioned today on the Pat McAfee show how – even with Devontae's struggles, I think his rookie year or early in his career, he could always he still could always tell that he was a special route runner because he was always creating separation, always getting open. And I know like TJ Lang, I think, has talked about this before where you can kind of tell a guy is is like different than other guys, like the first day of practice. Like you can tell if a guy can play or not the first day of practice. And I'm just wondering, like, have you ever, like, did you see that with Devontae or is there, like, a guy that comes to mind that you've seen that where it's, like, the first day he just, as a rookie, just stands out and is separating himself from everyone else? You definitely could see it with Devontae. I mean, coming in, he struggled a little bit, but he was always out there and he was getting separation. You know, he had a couple of issues of just, you know, catching the ball and certain things, but um, that just goes across the board. It also, you know, comes to getting used to going from a college quarterback to Aaron Rodgers, who's not your normal quarterback, and, and the ball speed and the way the ball gets on you. So there's a lot of different aspects of the weather. You know, we've talked about that. So it goes into everything. And, and you see that across the board with guys that continue to stay in the lead. Those are the guys that, you know, have that, that special factor of they're there to work every day. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is a game. We always talk about being a game, but it's a business. And so if you handle it like a business and handle it like a job, you're going to be able to perform longer and better than, than a lot of the average players. Absolutely. Some, someone that comes to mind, um, you just talking about that there, a guy who a lot of Packer fans got on back in the day when he was with us, but like someone like Marshall Newhouse, mm. you know, someone who we always, you know, not we, but fans would always get on for not maybe being, you know, performing the best at times, but shoot, he's even in the league right now and fans wanted him out of town early on. It's, yeah. it's wild to see, you know, guys like that who stick around. Obviously, Devontae's a different story, but. And yeah, because. Rodgers has said even before he praises his his route running or his hands or his his press or his breaks off the line like he always first and foremost says the way he works and the way he prepares and them working together has you know brought all of this success and I think you know that's a big reason why Rodgers is so high on MVS still because I think MVS has kind of turned a corner to where he has taken the preparation and the work seriously and I think you know Rodgers noticing that has helped him stay on the field and 
I just I think it's cool to see that. It is, and, and you know, across the board, you look at those guys, and, and what it goes down to is a trust factor. You know that you know Aaron's in the in, in the building, he sees all these guys coming in the building, and they're putting in the work too. You're treating your body right, you're doing the right things. You know, this year especially with COVID, of not going out partying and doing you know some dumb things mm-hmm. that can jeopardize the team and jeopardize you know your season over you know a couple of beers is not worth right. it. And, you know, you see that. Uh, you see that with the guys across the board, you know, the offensive line, you know, th- how close they are. Uh, we've got what the most, I think, I don't know if it still is today, but I know it was, you know, a week or two ago, the most touchdown passes for a tight end, you know, and, and so we were, we were up there on the board of that. And that just shows that we're, we're diving at the ball. And so if Aaron's throwing the ball to those guys, you know, there's a big trust factor, especially at this point in the season when the game's on the line, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this guy's put in the work. I, I, I can feel he's going to make a play and, you know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But, but for the most part, if, if they put in the work, they're going to make that play. And this is kind of this is kind of a somewhat related question. But the thing with this team too, of what's so fun to watch them is they themselves look like they're just having so much fun together. Like the offense in the red zone, they always make sure to celebrate together. The defense when they get a turnover, always celebrating together. So like, I guess as a as a cliche sports question to you, like. Is there a correlation between like the amount of togetherness and like fun a team has to does that like correlate to their success and how how good they are on the field? You saw them kind of doing that a little bit last year, not not nearly to the extent this year. And, and I've kind of put it in. It may be something completely different, but what I look at is that they brought their own energy. You know, knowing that the, the stadiums are not full, mm. you know, you've got to have high energy. You've got to do it as a team, and that's the only way you're going to do it. So you might as well celebrate. There's nobody else there to celebrate with. And so you've got your guys, your brothers on the field, and you go out there and, you know, you bring the energy and and all the hard work, like you said, you know, it's paying off and why not enjoy it together? Because right now that's all you have. um, That's all you're going to have for this season, for this playoff run until things get back to normal. It's each other, those, those men in that locker room and the support staff, you know, that that's it. That's all you got. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. I I hadn't really thought that. Yeah. They're kind of the, the, they're responsible themselves to kind of, yeah, create and muster up the energy to kind of, yeah. to, to keep it going. Yeah. That, it, that makes a lot it of is. sense. And, you know, you think about doing that in a, in a cold weather game, it, you know, it's, I think it's phenomenal. Um, it was always hard, you know, you know, when, when you go into a Jacksonville or Carolina when they weren't good and, you know, the fans weren't there, you know, there wasn't a whole bunch of tailgating. Yep. It was always easy to get up on a Monday night game in Chicago when it's packed and, you know, or Philadelphia. Um, but to, to, to do that with no crowd, I mean, you've got to have it. And, and so far, the teams that have been the most successful have brought that energy. You know, there's been a lot of teams that have started slow and you can tell it's that, that sluggish attitude mm-hmm. of, Oh, here we go. And you know, as the weather changes, it gets a little bit colder. You're going to have to have a lot of energy coming out. Yeah, man. That's right. I didn't think of that. Cause when you think of, you know, being a fan, the letdown spots in the past, it has been like, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, I still remember that game against like Josh Freeman, but stick- Kansas city in the 13 and all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've, <laughs> they've got fans though. Usually are pretty good. Oh, you're Pretty talking good for strictly this year. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Um, I guess sticking with weather now too. So we talked a little bit at the beginning before we started recording. But you're from Arkansas. We obviously had the big snow game on Sunday. Do you have any first memories? Well, I guess you. It, it sounds like it does snow in Arkansas. But do you have any other your first snow memories in Green Bay or game memories? I was actually lucky enough to be at the game back in 2012 against the Lions. Uh, I think the last snow globe game. But do you have any special memories of that? You know, the biggest thing was getting used to trying to snap a football in it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't play any games around here in the snow. Yeah. Um, so I got used to it real quick, obviously, being able to practice with it. So I, that'd be the one thing I took away is, 
being able to before just pregame, being able to go through everything mentally and, and physically of actually getting, you know, prepared to do it. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want like a little bit of snow on it. I either wanted kind of with rain. I, I either wanted the whole ball wet or just or none of the ball wet. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's where you kind of get tricky, especially with the new K balls that, that come out, you know, before game of really knowing how they're going to feel. You don't know until you're in game action. Um, so that was an adjustment, but it was always fun to play in the snow. And, and one thing that we always said was when it snowed in green Bay, it actually warmed up. So we actually, we, we didn't mind it snowing because it made it made the temperature warmer than some of those games when they're <laughs> yeah. around zero. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's like, if it gets, you know, less than five degrees or less, it like snow isn't possible. We've learned that the, the hard way we're yeah. from superior Wisconsin, right. You know, right off the lake and it can get mm. pretty, pretty damn cold. How um so how long did the adjustment take to kind of get used to that cold? Because I'm thinking like with like if if you know you obviously had a whole I guess maybe not a whole off season since it's warm in the off season, but you know once it starts getting cold, you know you're practicing out there every day. So like what if you know Tampa Bay has to come to Lambeau in January? You know their long snapper is probably used to snapping in 70 degree weather. Maybe he's from you know, down south too, he's never snapped in cold. Like how big of an adjustment do you think that's going to be in a one week turnaround like that? It's different. I mean, obviously you've seen other snappers and specialists come in and perform well um, in, in, in bad conditions. Um, you know, I remember we, we played the Texans one time, they were a dome team come in, they handled it well. Um, there's certain, you know, minor adjustments that you'll never see on actual TV um, or even if you were there live of what they're making, where it could be the punter steps up a yard closer, mm. you know, the, but but if it's really snowy or the ground starts, you know, getting really hard, then, yeah, your footing comes into play. Um, sometimes kickers, you know, with that wind that goes in the stadium, you know, that's playing with your head. And then now you've got to worry about your plant foot not getting into the ground because the ground's frozen. I remember one time, uh, or, you know, early on, like when we played Chicago, it was so cold. And I, I think it was either 08 or 09. I started the game with cleats on, and then I finished the game with turf shoes. <laughs> Um, because I because I couldn't get my cleats in the ground, Damn. Um, and so and some other guys could. I mean, it, it's really just kind of a feel thing of, of you know what was comfortable and what made me most comfortable snapping and being able to move and protect. Um, so that's that's just minor adjustments that you have to do in a, on a game time decision. Um, as far as like practicing for it, you know, it takes you about a week to get you know, and then you're you're used to it. it doesn't take long. You just gotta because once you like in Green Bay, you just you just go with it. You know, you, you have no other choice. <laughs> you know, it's going to be cold you know, it's going to be snowy or, or sleeting or whatever. So you just you get out there and figure out what works and go with it. Gotcha. So like, do you think that like, they'll just like for like going with this Tampa Bay example, like if they have a week to, they, you know, they win a playoff game, then they got a week turnaround, come to Green Bay and it's, you know, negative three forecast. Like, do you think they'll like put balls in the freezer for their snapper <laughs> to, and, and, like, make him put his hands in ice to kind of just get used to those sensations? Because, like, yeah, I mean, just kind of throwing them, throwing them in there, you know, on a Sunday when they've never snapped, I got to imagine, is is quite the adjustment. It, it is. And, and honestly, doing stuff like that, it may help a little bit. But the problem is you got to understand, like, it, the, even in the second half, you've been out there forever. And, you know, it, it's cold. Yeah. Regardless if you have a jacket, you have a heater by you. Like, in, you know, you could be 30 minutes without getting any game time action. And so you, you're trying to stay warm the entire time. And that's the, I always try to make sure my hands were sweating. Um, so I put enough hand warmers in my deal. And that's the kind of, you know, I wore a little mock turtleneck, keep your neck warm. And, you know, if you can keep your neck and your feet and your hands warm, you're, you're, you're going to be okay. 
Uh, the rest is you just got to stretch and make sure that you're, you know, you're staying loose with your body and, and hydrating um, with water. There's actually a lot more people get dehydrated in the cold than they do in the warmth oh, because yeah. you don't think about drinking water and you're shivering. Right. Um, so that'll be interesting to see, you know, when teams get in there and, and the games get really cold. Um, Cause it's been a while since there's been like a really, really cold game. Right. And, and so it'd be nice to obviously see them do that in green Bay. I, I'd love to see for Aaron be able to have the opportunity to play an NC championship game in green Bay. Um, Cause he's never had that opportunity. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they can get it done this week. Yeah. Yeah. Crossing our fingers. Always keep the hands sweaty. I think that is a very simple and I imagine effective technique and hopefully you gotta keep, you gotta keep some moisture in there so you can feel the yeah, ball. Exactly. You know, they, in the playoffs, and I don't know how they're doing it this year, with you know, but they changed the rule, you know, during my career that the, the referee started holding the balls, and they had to, they had controlled the K balls, and so they wouldn't put them by the heater. Oh. So now those balls have been frozen for the entire game. They can't keep them on their body a little bit, but they've been frozen for the entire game. So you're like throwing a brick out there. So for the kickers and punters, it's got to hurt sometimes. So now you can keep the balls by the heater. No, no, they, you used to could. Now they now they're not supposed to sit the ball on the heater. Oh. Because they want them to be somewhat cold, so they, they they may be a little warm. They got a bag; they're not just sitting out in the open. Sure. They've got a little warm bag. And of course, that technology's probably gotten a little better than it used to be. But uh, the balls are definitely slick and cold. Interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, I guess sticking with specialists, they're kicking and punting. Your buddy Mason's had a pretty awesome year. I think he's still 15 for 15 on field goals. He's missed a couple extra, extra points. points. Those don't matter, anyways. Uh, I guess we so he's had such a successful year. Kyle asked me a trivia question last week about Crosby and points. It got me thinking. He's never had any type of fake where he's thrown it or ran it that I can remember. Sean Slocum and uh, who is the other one now? Sean and Zook. Ron Zook were the special teams coordinators when you were with Green Bay. Were there any others fakes that we never got to see? Because we obviously had the Crabtree one back in the day, but I guess it's something I'm always looking for is like a fake punt, and we never seem to really get it. So any team always has has those options. Yeah. Um, fake field goals, fake punts. Now the fake field goals, when they uh, again, I forget the year that they changed that rule where they couldn't overload on the on the field goal protection. Um, once they changed that rule, there are a lot of fake field goals kind of went away. There's mm-hmm. still some that are out there. Every team's got them though, and then they're they're on the ready for for any moment during the game where they feel you know it's necessary or that they think they have an option. You know, fake punts are a little bit easier to convert than a field goal because um, usually with a fake field goal like that one with Crabtree, you know they weren't expecting that. I think it was like fourth and twenty six. Nobody nobody in the world thought we were going to run a fake field goal, yeah, and that's that that's when you kind of get them by surprise. You've got to tie it in, but you know when you get a bunch of uh, athletes out there on the field, you know, on the special teams with punt and punt return, you have a lot more opportunity than you do with your offense and defensive line. So they, they've got those options in there. There's definitely passes. Um, there's definitely runs, but it's just it's little little tricks here and there that they watch film and see where they kind of have the tendency to do something and see if they can take an advantage of it. And unfortunately, for some teams, it doesn't go well, and, and their special team coach gets fired. Or like last night, you know, the Bills ran a four, uh, you know one I think on fourth and five, and so. Um, and they were successful with it. So it's just uh, they're always in the game plan and they're always, you know, out there to be played. Was there ever one involved? Unfortunately, I imagine there's probably not now just because of his, his age and his, his, his graying hair. But was there ever one involved uh, with Crosby where it's like he's kind of the focal point where he was either running it or, or throwing it? 
We had, I will say we, when, so, you know, Mike Stock was there my first year and he was there, I guess, for two years with Mason. And then I had uh, Sean Slocum and then Ron Zook. And we, through those years, we had probably close to 10 passes, different options. Uh, so it, it, uh, that's what I mean is like, the, and I, you know, you look at Hecker out there, you know, he, how many touchdowns and first downs he's thrown and, you know, it's just crazy. They've got, they've got always have those, those in the game plan. If you don't have a fake going in, you, you know, you're not doing your job, a film study, because, you know, it's a, it's a way to steal a possession. If you can catch them off guard, you know, it, kudos to the other team if they stop it because they're prepared and they've paid attention to, but there's a lot of guys that kind of tend to get lackadaisical. And, you know, you can look at our, you know, 2014, uh, you know, playoff game against Seattle, how bad it was, you know, we had the fake field goal for the, you know, for yeah. the touchdown and, and, you know, so you, you've always got that in the game plan. And, and I think that even on that play, that play played out differently than they had practiced it, you know, because a lot of times you'll do it and somehow react and you've got to just, you've got to react and, and make a play. And so it happens, but they're, they're definitely in, in the game plan week in, week out. Yeah, that was 10, ten involved with Mason. And that's... We, we have yet to see one. That is, <laughs> well, hopefully, well, I guess the, I'll the problem is right now, and here's the problem with COVID. These guys, and this is a real deal for this year, especially going into the playoffs. I've already seen a couple of teams making moves with snappers and, and doing yep. they're doing some virtual kicker stuff for COVID because they've got to pass COVID protocols. So you, you don't really want to run a fake with your kicker because if they get hurt, you know, what's the point? Wow. Well, you know what yep, I mean? Well, so that, you might lose them for the rest of the playoffs or you might even not have them the next week and then you're really screwed up. So, uh, you know, it's different rules this year. That's a great point. Well, that's part of it too because Goody, uh, he, they just signed – I forgot his name, but a kicker to the practice squad. And now they just changed that rule today where you can elevate anyone from the practice squad. So they literally just signed that guy in case something does Insurance, happen. Insurance, basically. Yeah. yeah. Insurance, yeah. Because I think it's, it's three to five days you've got to pass COVID before you can get in the locker room. Yep. Yeah. So they, they Unless were, you're on the team. They were working out guys every single week so they could start that that uh, three days so that someone, if it did pop up on you know, Saturday or whatever, they could just call yeah. that guy up and have him kick. You seem to be uh, pretty well-versed with the, the NFL protocols and with uh, Hunter Bradley kind of struggling. Can we, can we expect a return from Mr. Good, the Super Bowl champion? No. <laughs> there's, there, there's no way uh, that, that I'm coming back. Well, I mean, there's always a way. There would be a, there would be a price. But the but, check was right. Uh, I, did snap, I did snap for the first time uh, about two weeks ago and still had laces out on field goal. I didn't do any puns, but... <laughs> You know, field goals were still, still good. Had so, laces out. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to hurt myself and do a punt. So um, I definitely hadn't run any forties in a while. So I don't know. That'd be interesting to see what that felt like. Sure, yeah, I can't remember the last time I even freaking ran. It's but been... you still, you still got the snapping down. I think that's. Uh, that's but if I, nice. if I just had to snap and block, yeah, I could probably do that. Interesting. Interesting. Something else. So I've I've heard stories of this. I listen to Willie and Tausch every once in a while. You know, um, while I'm working and. Something Tausch has always brought up is the game Sheep's Head. And it sounds like, was it you, Crosby, Mastay, and Rogers were Sheep's Head partners? I've never played. I think it's a... Never heard of that game. It's a, I believe it's very similar to Euchre. It's like a trump card game where you only keep certain cards. Can you... Uh, one, I want to know how to play Sheep's Head a little bit. And two, just quickly here, you can just throw it out there. How, what's the most you've seen Aaron Rodgers lose in a game of Sheep's Head? <laughs> Well, you know, so what she said is, is a lot like Euchre. It's a lot like Spade. Uh, you know, if you know how to play ga games with, you know, suited cards and trumps, um, you're, you're going to learn it really quick. It's a, you know, it's a counting game. 
Um, so it comes in with points. And so there's a whole list of different rules. We actually said that Aaron actually wrote a book on the rules because he always tried to change the rules week in and week out. <laughs> I so, can see that. Um, you know, so, and he was very argumentative on that. Oh, he's so a competitor. It, we, we had some heated, heated battles on that, um, on the plane sometimes in the hotel room. Yeah. Uh, we had we had to have multiple decks of cards because there would be cards that got ripped or bent, <laughs> or, you know, out of anger. Um, it just goes to show. I mean, literally, it, it doesn't matter what we were doing. It was always about competition, you know, and you always wanted to win. And and so it, we had we had a blast playing those, and I, I have tons of memories for you know us playing cards over the years. That's oh, that's one thing that players bring up a lot is yeah, the games the games are nice and everything, but a lot of the lasting memories are the flights home after victory and like playing cards in the locker. I wonder what did they, was sheep said as prevalent in the locker room, like your last season as it was at the beginning. Cause I assume that's kind of getting pushed out the door maybe, or is that, is that just completely wrong? Well, it all depends on who, who you're around. And, you know, so I, I think we played more cards early on um, because we had more guys that wanted to play with, you know, those, those games with us. And then we always tried to, you know, when those guys left and new guys came in, we tried to teach them, but it just, it kind of got to the point where it wasn't the same. Mm. Um, whether you don't have as much time in the locker room, yeah. uh, you know, sitting around or, or training camp because all, you know, different rules changed over the years with even off season. You know, when I first started off season, started in March, you know, now they start in April. So it's just the, the time that you have around people, you know, you come in, you get a little bit. So now guys play, you know, there's backgammon played and, hmm. you know, but there's still guys in there play spades and, you know, you do as much as you can. Now, I don't know with all the protocols, how they do everything right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's, it's weird, but, you know, you, there's, there's definitely some games being played and guys just having fun trying to, you know, to, to beat each other. All right. And I'm sure you saw this and it's the second time it's happened this year. Your old coach, Mike McCarthy, We've talked about motivation tactics in the past, the whole, you know, Super Bowl, the ring get, fitting. Yeah, get your ring, rings fitted. That was inspiring. And I'm sure you saw he, how he's – it's the second time now. He smashed a watermelon in front, of, in front of his team and everything. It sounds like, too, back in the day when he was the coach, every week he'd have a PowerPoint and some message he'd try to get across from the team. Was that surprising to see the watermelon thing, or has he had weird tactics, tactics to get, get guys motivated like that in the past? I've never seen the Waterman melon thing in, in a team meeting. Um, he may have done that in an offense or, or, you know, meeting, I guess, or, you know, with the coaches, I don't know. I think there's, there's always ways that you're trying to motivate people. And, you know, in a, for like their, their case, you know, a losing season, they still have a chance to win their division. You know, it's, it's harder to play when you're losing. Um, you know, it's easy to get up and go and do everything when everything's going great. But when you have things start going bad, you know, that's when personnel starts looking at everything to make changes of, of who's not holding up their end of the deal. So I think for him, he's just trying to make light of the situation like, hey, we still have a chance to do this. Yeah, we lost our starting quarterback. We've had a lot of in injuries, but, you know, we can still make the playoffs. And so that's a, that'd be a big deal for them if, if they do make the playoffs with, you know, as many issues as they've had. Yeah. And so, um, and who knows, you know, the way the new playoffs deal works with the extra team in, you know, they've been a home playoff game. You never know what could happen. You went, you went a home playoff game, you can go to the next game. Um, so it's crazy, uh, to, you know, just to think of how many injuries they've had, but you across the board, the NFL, you know, injuries and everything else. So you've got to have different tactics to get guys motivated. And so far that's been working for him. Melon smashing is two and oh, yeah. Yeah. I wish maybe he watched an old Gallagher clip. <laughs> it's gotta be what it is. Uh, something else. This is, this will be my, uh, fake drama first take question of uh -oh. of this interview. 
I don't think it was last week. It was the week before after Mason, who seems to be like the most clutch kicker of all time. You know, he had the 57-yarder followed up by the 51-yarder. Both ended up being kind of the difference in the games. So they asked Rodgers about that the next week, and he he had this quote. Kickers, punters, and snappers are the oddballs sometimes of the group. Uh, eccentric ones, the nerdy ones, the guys that are just a little different because they're so singular in their focus. He goes on to mention you and says, you know, he, he, you're still one of his good friends and stuff, but does Aaron Rodgers not respect specialists? <laughs> no, I think he, I, I know he does because he understands the game and understands how much a, a third of the game it actually is. Um, you know, I, you look back years ago when the Chargers, when they were in San Diego, you know, I think they had close to the number one, number number one defense, number one offense, but they had the number 32nd special teams and they did make the playoffs. Yep, yep. Um, so so it's, a, it's a third of the game. And guys like him are smart enough to know that. And what he means by that is that, you know, you, you spend so much time alone. You're away from the team. You're, you know, you go to team meetings but and you go to your special teams meetings, but, you know, you see the guys at lunch, you see them in, the, in a workout facility when you're working out. But, you know, yeah. now more than ever, even they're, they're having to do extra groups for workouts because, you know, you can only have so many people in the weight room at one time. So That's right. um, you're definitely an oddball. You're out there on your own. It's 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 three of you, and you're you're basically just kind of hanging out. Um, there's a lot of parts during the day, and, and when other people are having meetings, you know, you can't – you're not going to have a, a three-hour meeting on how to snap or how to kick, right. you know, every single day. It's just pointless. So you've got a lot of time, a lot of downtime where, you know, you're reading a book or, you know, watching TV or whatever, just kind of getting your body right in the hot tub or whatever. And so, you, you know, we're definitely on the, on the outside looking in, but definitely know when, when the time comes, you know, you're, you're always needed. Okay. Damn. Brett, you're just, you're too good at answering good. those questions. Really you just, you know, sidestep that. that was... <laughs> Following up on that though, um, like as Spencer said in, in the quote, he said you were and still are a very good friend. And this just simply a confirmation, give us a yes or no since, we're good friends with you now since i mean this is your third time on and you're good friends with aaron that would mean we're good friends with aaron correct i think if he saw you in a bar i don't think he would recognize you but he would definitely be friendly at the you know all right that's that's enough for me well i i have yeah. met aaron once or twice before actually no no big deal he said he signed a jersey that i have that says to spencer follow your dreams no big deal i was like 15 I was say, so you, you looked 12 yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure he remembers <laughs> that yeah i mean i think if you, if you actually know who he is and say you know you don't come up and say does anybody ever tell you, you look like aaron Rodgers?" i think that's where he starts kind of you know pulling out his trickster bag and okay. starts getting after you so um, I've, I've definitely seen him go after somebody who was confused on who he was, and I won't go into too much depth. But he, you know, they got into which Bond, James Bond was the best character um, because the guy because the guy didn't know who he was, and it just, so, we so just they were just having a conversation. That's got to be such a relief. Yeah, that's got to be such a relief for Rogers yeah, to just. The other guy was a little little inebriated. Ah, sure. Um, and so you know, it's kind of one of those things where if you look like somebody, that's they, they, probably who they are especially as much as you see him. But I, I guess a lot of people aren't, you know, when, when Aaron and certain guys get to certain places of the country, they don't think they're going to, why would they be here? You know, they just, they would just think that you look alike and not really think it was actually a real person. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, even I think Roger said that today too on McAfee, they were talking about dealing with fans and he's like, yeah, if someone sees me, just treat me like a normal guy. I'm just a, <laughs> you know, you just talk to me, a normal conversation. I don't need the 
wild stuff. And man, I can't I can't imagine the crap he's got to deal with anytime he wants to go out in public. But yeah, it's got to be tough. And that's all anybody ever wants. You know, everybody appreciates the love and the support. You know, but sometimes when you're eating dinner and you're doing stuff, they just want you to be. You know, you just want to be normal. And then it's not like, hey, you know, you don't want to get and talk about football. Some people they just we really want you to ask them about their, you know, their personal life, you know, what, mm-hmm. you know, is it, how, how they're doing, you know, as a person. So there's a way that you can do that and go. All right. Well, well, how are you? We, we never even did the, the, the small talk banter. Well, I don't know if you can hear this, but I think my kids are fighting right now. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to go out there and then really lay the smack down here in a minute. <laughs> well, perfect. We can end on this. A nice little softball question for you. Brett Good, if you had a vote, who is your MVP this year? So I think that's easy. I think, and I think it, really? okay. I think it got solidified this last game yep. it, from what he did in the snow. And if you look at every single game week in and week out, and it's like we talked earlier about, you know, weapons, you know, the, these guys are, are, are great. I mean, obviously Devontae, you know, is a pro bowler, but he, he's made a lot of guys, give them a lot of opportunities and they've all caught those, those passes. And they, they've, you know, they took that opportunity, they ran with it. And I think, I think it's a no brainer right now. Um, and I, I don't think there's any way that you could say it was, you know, close right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I was kind of absolutely expecting, 100% agree. I thought maybe after the Titans game, if Derrick Henry would have ran all over us, I was half expecting that. But after the game, I was like, wow, this is could, locked couldn't up. feel much better right now being a, being a Packer fan, but Absolutely. But, Brett, this has been awesome. Once again, thank you for being so gracious Appreciate with your time. time, as always. Absolutely. We'll get, we'll get together in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Let's I, do I, it. I, I can co-host the show in the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Perfect. All right, Walt. We locked you in. Everyone, everyone heard that, so we will have Brett Good later on. Maybe, well, maybe the bye week bonanza, hopefully, if we can ah. get that uh, bye week wrapped up this week. But Beat the Bears, and that's once, it. Yeah. Once again, thanks a lot, Thank Brett. you, guys. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Happy, happy New Year. I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. All right. We are back with Is Kyle an Idiot? For the week, Kyle, once again, you were 31 21 and 2 for the season. Really good. Um, I mean, if you got all of them wrong here on out, it, you might make it close, but. I would never do that. Once again, I haven't. Unless. Unless I was shaving points, I haven't anointed. Yeah, I haven't. In that case, if you want me to shave points, you can just hit hit my DMs. Hey, wow, yeah, I'm sure everyone's betting on how how you do on these Packers <laughs> hey, trivia questions. All right, so moving on to your first question. All right, Kyle, EQ caught his first career touchdown on Sunday. He went to Notre Dame. What other player on the Packers roster on Sunday played for Notre Dame? Played for Notre Dame. Um, I'm gonna need. He's I'm a y- he's a younger player, I believe. This is his second. Yeah, this is his second year with the Packers. Second year with the Packers. The way you phrase that makes me believe he was not drafted by the Packers. You would be wrong. I would be wrong. And this is his second year playing football for the Packers. Twenty nineteen. Dexter Williams. Very good, Whoa. Kyle. Was, yep, yeah. It, it wasn't an easy wow, one, but you got oof. it, yeah. All right. Very good. He was on the active roster? He, he was called up again, yeah, because oh, Jamal Williams. Jamal, sure. I was honestly getting worried because we were playing the Titans. It might be a close game, and I'm like, I do not want to see Dexter Williams <laughs> with the ball in his yeah, hands. Yeah, you are not a fan. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, which one do I want to do? We'll do this one. Okay, Kyle. 
Aaron Rodgers has 44 touchdowns this season. This is the third time he's done it. I think he's the only quarterback to ever have 40-plus touchdowns in three three times. Hmm. How many more does he need to throw for his all-time record? So he's got 44 right now. What's the most he's ever thrown in a season? Uh, I think mm, I think the most he's ever thrown is 48. Ooh, Kyle, no, you are wrong. I'm sorry. The correct answer was 45. Just one more oh. touchdown. That's all he needs. If he gets one more, he will tie his own record. Wow, I'm a fraud. And that's supposed to be some Aaron Rodgers fanboy, and I can't even. That's kind of a tough question. And this happened back 48. in. 48. Why does 48 sound like something he's done before? I don't know. I don't know. Dan Marino had 48, but yeah. that And that was Damn the it. year. That was back in 2011. The reason that didn't happen, if you counted passing touchdowns that year, it would be what? 45 points. Because Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn played week 17. Oh, so the his, six. His four six eight, 480 and six. Could have been, could have been Rodgers' <laughs> touchdowns. All right, one and one, and ooh, this is I. If I had a bet, I don't think you're gonna get this one, but I want to ask this question. You're having a good year, anyways. Okay. Amon. Okay. Oh no. AJ Dillon. Sorry, AJ Dillon scored his first NFL touchdown on Sunday. He wears number twenty-eight. What terrible Mike Sherman draft pick wore number twenty-eight? Oh yeah, I don't know this. Um, Ahmad Carroll. Yeah, I fucked up there because I said Amon at the beginning. I don't know if you caught that, but yes, Kyle, it is. Yeah. Amon One of no, I thought you were going with Amon Green. Ah, well, that's e- who I thought. Either of. way, that probably got the wheels turning for um. But Amon. no, because I remember. Yeah, I just remember there being a Carol yeah. as. What year was that? Uh, I believe that was in 2004. I believe he was the first round. You know pick. what? No, I'm glad you asked that question. This is a fantastic lesson Ooh. in drafting for need. And why oh, yeah, the 2020 that, draft? Because isn't that what his philosophy was? It's just like, yeah, we need cor- or Randy Moss is in the division now. We need corners. It was yeah, it was definitely part of it. And he let's was, not draft talent. Let's just draft what we need. That was when I first started watching the Packers too, and it's like, oh, I'm on Carroll. You know, he's bad because my dad's already bitching about this guy, and he's a young, <laughs> he's a very young player. He always had penalties. Uh, Nagler's favorite uh, story is in the press box against the Eagles in one game. This is Carroll's second or third year, and he was a first-round draft pick. This is midseason. Um, he pl- he was playing uh, up against Greg Lewis. Greg Lewis had one touchdown, then he had a second touchdown. After the second touchdown in the press box, everyone was quiet, and then all you could hear was Ted Thompson say, fucking Greg Lewis. <laughs> Amon Carroll also had three penalties <laughs> in that game. He was very handsy. The next day, he was cut by the Green Bay Packers. Wow. That's how bad the dude fucking was. Fucking Greg Lewis did him in. <laughs> yeah, and he was he, he was kind of an ass, too. He signed with the Jaguars after that, and I remember you know being like 13 years old, getting pissed off because he told the, the Jaguar media that, yeah, he didn't like playing for Green Bay. The tallest building in town was the stadium. <laughs> so... There he's go. not wrong. <laughs> yeah, ab- he's right, but he was kind of a kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Stump Spenny. The Green Bay Packers are playing the Chicago Bears this week. Yeah, pretty heavy in- implications for this Week 17 matchup. If they win, they're the one seed. Yeah. Now, answer me this, Spence. When was the last time the Green Bay Packers have played the Chicago Bears in Week 17? Well, we played – it's funny because I think Brett Good actually was getting on it too. He was talking about switching the cleats because I think that was back. Then if the season with uh, 
with Favre where we went to the NFC Championship game, that last game at Soldier seven, Field. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it was after that because obviously the Super Bowl year we played the the Bears week 17. God, I feel like we've had to have played them week 17 more recently than that. Hasn't been the last few years. Oh, oh, it's fourth and eight. Yeah. I'm going to go with fourth and eight. I forgot <laughs> oh, about that. that that's why I was kind of like insecure about the question because I was like, this uh, is kind of fucking easy. But I was just like, any reason to bring up fourth and eight is a good yeah, good enough a, reason. Amazing. Perfect question, Kyle. Yeah, because it's like fourth and eight is in its own little stratosphere because that, that, yep. that isn't a game. That's a vibe. And, that and was, that's like a playoff game, too, because it was yeah, a playoff yeah, game. That's, yeah, shit. You don't even think of that as week 17. And I, like, a, bonus, a bonus question was going to be, and what was the previous time before that? And, and the previous time was the the Super Bowl year. It was, yeah, yeah. week Whoa. seventeen, winning in, and then play them again in the NFC Championship. Damn, Unreal. pretty pr- wow. I, that's a really good question because hey, it looks good things happen when you play the Bears week seventeen. Very good, and maybe it's in every other because you know, like you said, after fourth and eight we lost, but the time before that. So if if the pattern continues, uh oh, nope, nope. And all right, I'll give you another bonus question too, since this won't be really relevant next week. I was curious about this because it seems like this is a trend across the league now, too. Um, when was the last time the Packers played a non-NFC North opponent in Week 17? Yeah, they changed that, I know, like four years ago that it's always that now. I don't know. what What is it? The Arizona Cardinals. Oh, shit. Was that? 2009. It the, was way back it, then. It was that... Uh, that shootout game and the, or the very next week was that we, shootout game yeah because we beat them the first time and then yeah the next week when yeah we kind of crazy they like like i'm sure that's happened a ton in i at, well i mean it's happened i think with the vikes and us yeah where yeah. like you play them week 17 and then you got to turn around and play them in the playoffs kind of kind of crazy yeah shit, that's a good point shit i didn't think of that but all right well with that we will move on to our preview of the bears game hey yo all right, we are playing the Chicago Bears this week at Soldier Field, a 325 kickoff. It is on Fox. I'm not sure who is announcing, but the Bears are 8 and 7, kind of a late season resurgence. I believe they've scored over 30 points over the last 4 games or 4 out of their last 5 games. Yeah, f- 3 one 3 of the last 4 since our Sunday night ass whooping. Um so yeah, like you said, late late season sh- surge and um you know, Silver lining with that. Hopefully, yeah, they bring Mitch yeah, back. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that talk. It's it's <laughs> interesting. It's a weird spot to be in. It's, it really is. It's a thing with every team in the division. I say this to every Viking fan that I talk to, you know, friends that we know. I, I'm not going to be afraid of another team in the division unless they get a legitimate quarterback. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really that simple. And Mitch is not it. Kirk Cousins isn't it. So if they want to keep wasting their time with someone like that, go the ahead. The thing that sucks is is like once the Packers end their season on Sunday, that's an easy out to just be like, oh, Mitch Mitch couldn't get it done. You know, he like if, if Mitch brings them to the playoffs, then it's like then it's a real yeah. kind of tough like, you know do what do we do but if if the packers and well when the packers kick the shit out of them secure the one seed then it's just like okay yep mitch isn't it and it's an easy easy move on but it it's nice to see how quickly mitch has turned to shit too because you know going into you know week 
week one last year, they were the NFC North and favorites. And he had, and like, the most MVP vets, bets. It was just hilarious. And then, I said, you know, week one, I was like, this is the passing of the torch game. Jay Cutler to Mitchell yeah. Trubisky. And he's been, comp- he's been so much worse Very than Jay Cutler. Jay. It's weird because people talk about the contract talk. It's like... Well, shit. I mean, it's not like he's got a lot of ground to stand on. He right. might just get like a one-year prove-it deal, and that's True. probably the smart thing to do. But then again, this is a team that paid Mike Glennon like forty-five <laughs> million dollars. Yeah, so the old giraffe. We, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, you know, lock it in that he would just do a one-year deal or whatever. They yep. could just be like, you know, Patrick Mahomes contract. To God, him. that would that would be something. I mean, Ryan Pace <laughs> has been pretty pretty. Bad. It, and it does sound like um, the coach Nagy will be back next year too. Yeah, keep Nagy and Pace employed as long keep, as possible, it's please. Funny. It's, it's like keep those cores, Nagy and uh, Pace and and Spielman, Spielman and Zimmer. They all locked up. Like, yeah, guys, this is awesome. yeah. Like when, we, pr- when Patricia got fired, we're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's you know we expect this from the poverty franchises. Just oh, keep this mediocrity God, going. It just feels so good to be good. It's it's you got. Honestly, one of the best things you can do in life is wake up and decide to be a Packer fan. Yes. And thank God that we did yes. that. Uh, someone else who's been pretty good, too, is Montgomery. He's kind of turned it on, too. He's mm. looking li- a little bit like a bust early in the year, but he's coming on strong. Nice little piece for that offense. Obviously, Allen Robinson, as well, is having a pretty awesome year. He's also in the contract year, too. wonder what will happen there. Defense is still obviously good. That's what we'd have to I worry think, about. Yeah, I think Hicks is back healthy. Yep. Um, he was not. In the first matchup, which I mean, yeah, he is the anchor of that defense, so he will provide a difference for sure. Um, they did let up thirty points against the Vikings. Beat that was kind of a weird, you know, shit on them game for the Bears. Yeah. So I don't know how much you can take of that, but I don't. I I get some heebie-jeebies thinking about Soldier Field late in the season just because it's such an ugly field. Yeah. And I guess I remember like Monday night games. James Jones had like a bad drop, but. I don't know it's a divisional game, but I'm I'm so high off this Titans win. Me too, and it's and it is kind of hard to it, it's it's kind of silly to compare this this season to last season because I just think this team is so much better. Yep. But like I, I'm I'm super confident going into this game, but I'm also a little tempered in my expectations just because of David Blau in Week 17 <laughs> last year, where it's like you win yeah. and you get a buy. Like, that's enough motivation for anybody. So, I mean, let's just, let's be excited to whoop the shit out of the Bears, but let's also, you know, come be, be grounded. Yeah, we don't want to be biting our nails come come Sunday at uh, 6 o'clock when the mm-hmm. game's winding down. But, Kyle, with that, what is your score prediction for this game? Uh, like, I mean, again, we'll never pick against the Packers. I, I don't think they'll ever they'll ever lose a game. That's obviously the case here with the one seed on the line. Only one team gets a bye week. Only yep. one. And the Packers are in prime position to be that only team. So, yeah, I think they take care of business and uh, and do it handsomely. So I'm going to go with 31-13. A nice shellacking. That's that is the perfect Bears Packers score because that's usually it ends up being something like mm-hmm. that. I'll go I'll go a little bit more. I'm th- I was thinking 31 points as well. Hopefully we can keep it rolling. I'm gonna go 34 17. Mm. 
No, 34-20. is okay, what I'm going wow. with. 20 little, points? Yeah, a little bit close. After I mean, Derrick Henry couldn't even... Right, uh, the Bears right. have been rolling. We'll throw him a bone with a stupid score prediction. <laughs> yeah. you know? how, how, how sincere. Yeah, I'm a very nice how guy. considerate. Kyle, what is your bold prediction? We were once again no, wrong don't. last week. Me? Why, why do you always we double... Always, we always snake, snake draft. But I don't have the time to think or Neither remember mine. Okay. All right, my bold prediction, you know, I've... We've had highs and lows with this player all year, and we've obviously talked about he's pretty pretty high right now. I'm my bold prediction came close last week. Hopefully he'll do it this week. I've got a pick six for Darnell Savage. Ooh. I think he's due. He's had a few of those where he's an absolute ball hawk, just running down the field. If he, I think if he, you know, Trubisky's probably going to throw one of those in the flats. Darnell Savage will pick it off and run right in with no one close to him. That is my bold I love prediction. It. Yeah, we hadn't e- we didn't even mention that in our in our review of how there's, we dropped the picks. There's six. so much good stuff this week. There's game. literally so many good things that happen. <laughs> yeah. Um all right. My bold prediction, I think this player is going to stack success Ooh. after tasting it for the first time Sunday night. Okay. I think I don't want to butcher his name, so I'm just gonna say EQ <laughs> okay. St. Brown is going to score a touchdown and have 80-plus receiving yards. Wow. Okay. So it's going to be like, whoa, 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 wide receiver four? Whoa. Uh-oh. Like all of a sudden, our wide receiver room is stacked? Yeah, Ro- Rodgers looks at his hand, and he's got the infinity gauntlet. And he's, got a, he's got the fifth stone right now. Adams. Ready to snap, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, ready to break it out. Perfect. I like that. Yeah, and another thing, we, d- we didn't touch on it. MVS didn't have any catches, whatever. He might blow up for 200 yards this week. And that, that was going to be – he was <laughs> going to be my BP, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can't – because if, if I do, then it's it's going to yeah. come back and, and bite me. So I'm just staying <laughs> then he, away. Then he'd definitely not uh, <laughs> yeah. perform. All right, well, with that, that's all we have for this week. Once again, if you could please leave a rating, five stars. It'll take you two seconds. Leave a review. And we'll send you a koozie. D- DM us on Twitter or email us at uh, pmppodcast at gmail.com. Whatever, take a screenshot and we'll send you a koozie. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe post it somewhere, post it on Facebook, Ooh. Twitter, whatever, whatever you want to do to get the word out about our amazing podcast. But Kyle, with that, man, I'm feeling bubbly. I got nothing else. You got anything else? I'm feeling soup or Michael Bublé. Ooh. Um, it is Christmas time of year. 12 and 3. One seed is right in there, baby. Home field. Let's go snatch it. That's all I got. Perfect. Well, now, Kyle, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? I do not. Well, this is the perfect walk-off song for Mr. Brett Good. Chris Stapleton. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah? Brett Good, thank you so much. Oh, God, time. yeah. We, we forgot to thank him. He's great. Awesome. And I think I think we made arrangements for yeah, him he's to a, be back soon. Oh, yeah. Phil, they heard it. Yeah, he'll be, he should be on in two weeks, I believe. All right. So. Uh, once again, I've got nothing else to say. Kyle, <laughs> I do not. Chris Stapleton, the perfect Brett Good song. Please don't sue us. Go pack, go.